Hello. Hello. Hi, Marlon. It's me. Hey, what's up, girl? How you, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? You ready? Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do this. Let's have this chat. Sweet. It's been a while. Sweet. She hasn't been ready. That's a lie. That's perfect. Sweet. <laughs> Um, vanilla. I only eat vanilla because I'm so basic. Oh, gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I only oh, eat vanilla. Mm -hmm. Why is why do you only eat vanilla? This is just safe, I guess, and it just tastes amazing. You can't go wrong with it, no matter what. Like we need to we need to analyze this deeply. Like <laughs> Marilyn's love of vanilla ice cream. What does it mean for like her as a person? <laughs> The psychological, <laughs> the psychological yeah and like do you ever get that feeling like when you go to the shop and you buy ice cream and you don't like it afterwards and you just feel like you've wasted money so then i always just go for the same things it's either vanilla or like milk or like oreo what's it was the oreo one cookies and cream those are the only things i really go for in terms of ice cream yeah i used i did that i had that one time where when i was young i saw rum and raisin and i was like oh this sounds interesting let me get this and my mom just mm -hmm. bought it for me. and then i felt so sick i'm guessing because there was probably like a little bit of actual rum in the ice cream and my mom was <laughs> like see now you know better and i was like what so i didn't try new things <laughs> look interesting and i'm sorry i decided to try a new flavor my bad. But, it was yeah. like we're trying new things. <laughs> That's literally what it felt like. It felt like she was telling me, "No, don't try new things." Mm -hmm. I feel like with moms, they tend to be so like overprotective sometimes. They don't want you to get hurt. So like, don't do this, don't do that. Yes, mom, but I need to, you know, live a little sometimes. <laughs> yeah. How's that been? Because obviously, you you've moved back home, mm -hmm. like. We're both out of uni. Oh, for anyone listening, Marilyn and I have been friends since uni. Um, yeah, you know, I guess we live together. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, you you live back home. You have like a, a full time job. How is that like doing all that? It's um, it's definitely different from when you live at uni because when you're at uni, you don't have to sort of explain anything to anyone. You just sort of do your own thing. You go out when you want to, come back when you want to, kind of eat whatever you want. But when you're at home and when you live with family, you sort of have to be accountable. You can't stay out overly too late. You can't just disappear and come back two days later, <laughs> especially with African parents. You just cannot do that ever. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. When did you disappear and come back two days later? <laughs> I've never actually done that. But, like, imagine you can't do that with African parents. But, like, say, like, you live by yourself. And you just wanted to stay over at your friends for like a couple of days or you just needed a change in environment you can just go and come back whenever but with living at home you obviously can't do that you have to be like oh okay what my parents gonna say oh, it's just like you have to sort of just respect them i guess in that sense but it can get annoying sometimes because you have to keep explaining where you're going what you're doing then you'll be back sometimes you just want to go and not explain yourself and not think too much into when you got to be home and all of that yeah I completely get that. I think I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, maybe I need to start moving, thinking about moving out. I just, mm, I live, because obviously I live at home too, especially now during the time where mm. we're all at home. Yeah. It's like, oh, I kind of miss the, mm. the freedom I would have had, even though it's been since, like two years since I moved back home now. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, I miss the, the ability to just go out and, you know leave and like not have to really answer anyone like i would tell you guys if you know i was up to something yeah but it wouldn't be like you calling me like where are you where are <laughs> exactly like when are you coming home it's getting late what are you doing who are you with i'm like oh my god leave me alone but also <laughs> do you feel like i don't know staying at home in a sense has made you closer to your family do you think like do you like for me i feel like of course, I understood my family when I was away from them when I lived in uni, but I think being back home, 
especially now in like mid twenties and as a young adult, you sort of learn new things about your family and new ways to communicate with them and things they sort of liked and didn't like or things you didn't understand before. You sort of see them in a sort of different light because now you, I don't know, you're an adult and you have to live at home with them. So you've learned to like adjust behaviors or stuff like that. I don't know if you can relate. I kind of do. I'm kind of, I think maybe I'm more in a space right now where I'm like, you guys, mm. we've had to adapt to each other. So I don't feel like I understand. I mean, I, I guess I do get, I don't know. I think I, what, I do, what, what I'm like is like, oh, I see more your side, like my yeah. friends. You yeah. have come to this country. You yeah. are worried about like what, might happen to your children yeah. and things like that. But I also feel like they've had to understand a little bit Yeah, me and my brothers need freedom because yeah, one thing that I can do now, which I couldn't do a few years ago, is just be like, oh, I'm staying over at someone's house and yeah. then they would be okay with that. Mm. Like, it, I still feel like my chest still gives like the whole, there's a little bit like a <laughs> before I call them to be like, oh, I'm not coming home. Mm-hmm. But there's still like, I feel like there's more yeah. of an understanding yeah. between me them like I think they see like oh yeah you you are an adult yeah and you've got to respect that to an exactly. extent I mean I'm not I'm not like bringing people back to my house or you mm. know inside the house yeah I try, I try to do crazy things inside oh the my house God, but, like, yeah. this is still your house exactly but yeah it's kind of like may maybe more under maybe maybe it's more like a an understanding of oh this mm. is how you Thing. what is it because obviously you're you're the oldest so is, yeah. there, is there like a sense of responsibility because yeah, yeah we're both the oldest but yeah. is are you like the example your siblings have to look yeah towards? definitely I com- yeah like I think sometimes I have to be careful of how I behave in front of my siblings or what I say to them because then it's like I feel like if I say the wrong thing or if I act in the wrong way they're gonna do it they have it's like they then have an excuse to then behave negatively or do something bad but then I think one thing I don't like about that is that when my siblings do something, my parents can sometimes be like, oh, it's because you saw Marilyn do this or Marilyn is influencing you or da 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 da. Mm, I'm like, yeah. I'm not. They're doing it by themselves. This has nothing to do with me. Right. They're Yeah. For example, like, for example, like my sister, she's quite like, She's, she's very forward-thinking and she's quite smart as a teenager. So, okay, my parents are quite traditional sometimes. So then, I don't know, if there's, like, something a bit more, like, there's not what the word is, is modern, like a more modern idea or more, like, forward-thinking idea that might have clashed with my parents' more traditional thinking. They'd be like, oh, did Marilyn do this? Did Marilyn say this to you? Or did she make you think this or whatever? I'm like, no, we just had a discussion and that was it. And I left them to their own opinions. <laughs> that was it. I'm not trying to influence them. Unless it's to do good. And I really try and do that. Yeah, yeah. They're mostly better people. But everything else is their, it's their own, per- their, their English, their own personality. <laughs> yeah in the sense so that's so tiring though because mm-hmm. i mean me my me and my brothers we have a smaller age difference than you and your siblings like mm-hmm. me and my middle were like a year and eight months and then me and my like the last one are like three years mm-hmm. so i feel like but when i was younger there was that oh be a good example mm-hmm. i feel like as going into our 20s i feel like there's less pressure on me i'm just like they're doing mm-hmm. their thing even though sometimes i do feel like oh they will look at me as an example. I'm really, my mindset is like, they will just do their thing. They're grown, they're adults now as well. Yeah. But like you as, your siblings are in their teens. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's like, yeah, yeah. And it seems, and it's just, so it's unfair because mm-hmm. like you can't, be, you can't be responsible for somebody exactly. else's behavior. <laughs> yeah. But you still feel so responsible. Like, I feel very responsible for my siblings because they're all in their teens and then the youngest one is only, like, 11 years old. So I feel very responsible over them or looking after them or making sure they're doing the right thing, all that kind of stuff. So I just know, like, I try to be on a level where they can relate to me, but I also try to be, like, I can repeat myself, but just to be careful with how I act around them and how I speak around them or what I tell them because I don't want them to be sort of influenced negatively or based that opinion based on my opinion kind of thing so some things when I talk to them 
I try and make it more like an open discussion. So I'm not telling them, oh, this is what you need to believe or this is what you need to do. But I'm like, okay, look at the different options and look at the different points of views. Which one do you think is the best one to go for and why do you think that? And then it's more like a discussion that way. And then if it's like, oh, if there's a negative, you're like, okay, why don't you think of it in this way instead or like can, that kind of stuff. So it's not, I feel like I try my best not to say to them, oh, you need to do it like this. Unless it's obviously a specific situation where I need to tell them something like that. But for most things, I try to just be more like suggestive, more like discussion, dis- um, discussional. Is that a word? Discussional? Oh, no, it sure. sounds good. Why not? Discussional. I feel like my words have gone today. Jeez. Yeah, you know, discussional. Why not? <laughs> I wonder if if you asked your siblings what mm. they would what their opinion of you and your example in yeah. mm. and I feel like we our parents and also us ourselves as mm-hmm. like elders we have that pressure that we put on ourselves to mm-hmm. be the example but sometimes the younger ones are just there doing their thing like I had a conversation with my brother a mm-hmm. few weeks ago where he was like <clears throat> when we were younger and you tried to discipline us mm-hmm. that should have been your responsibility and I, as we were talking I was actually deeping it I was like yeah because i was a child and you were a child mm. so why was it that i should have the, the the responsibility of discipline or like mm. the responsibility of guidance should have fallen on me i get being your older sibling yeah. but there was something for me as a child i shouldn't have had to the pressure shouldn't have been on me to yeah no i completely understand completely get you but i think it's i don't know i think it's always it always falls on the older siblings because you're the first child of your parents, you're almost like the experimenter, like the experimental child. They try things with you, and if they work, they work, and then if they don't work, they won't try it on the younger ones again. So it's literally like you're basically like a second parent. Yeah, I get told that a lot. Like I'm basically the second parent. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. But that's that's not. Our, I'm really big about it's not our responsibility. Yeah, I think there's a podcast I listen to called. Homegirls Unite and their thing is like they're literally mm. a podcast mm. that are there for the older sisters mm. and older siblings of immigrants yeah. that's their whole thing basically they're like they're a space they're a podcast and like a space where the older mm. sisters of immigrants like the older how do I say like the eldest daughter of immigrant parents basically that's their thing and like yeah. it's a, a podcast which talks about everything from the perspective of being the eldest daughter so they've had people come on who've their parents have moved to another country and literally they've had to be the carer or yeah. they have not been the eldest sibling but they've just been the eldest daughter so they've had to cook and they've had to clean yeah, and it's a lot of a lot of people like that the hosts themselves are also eldest daughters and mm. they talk about their experiences but there's a lot of talking about it's a fun podcast and also there's serious topics about how the pressure that is put on especially the the girls the daughters it's of like girls. It's always extra mm, it's like that for real only, and especially if you're the eldest and you're the, the daughter, girl it's like well, mm, yeah oh it's gosh. like you should do so much like to be very like domestic you gotta like learn how to cook this you're gonna learn how to clean this and it's like if you compare it to maybe what your brothers do it's like you would you would do the regular chores and then once they do one or two things it's like they get so much praise for it and i'm like um this is what I do every day. So why are you getting so much praise for washing dishes? <laughs> it's so true. Actually, it's so annoying. Oh my gosh. Well, they get a lot of easily. Like, I think that used to be like in a thing. And then hope like kind of my parents kind of caught onto it, especially because my sister, she's very like um headstrong. So she's like, Oh, why <laughs> why is God, why is my brother again like away with this and this kind of stuff? And so because of like she's so headstrong and she sort of pushed down my parents like, okay, fine, we see your point. So now they're trying to like make it as balanced as possible. But even then sometimes it's like, oh, uh, he gets away with like doing not as much as we're doing or we have to do more. I don't know if it's sometimes parents feel like, oh, because they haven't really trained the sons to do that much, so they don't put as much pressure into them. Do you, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, for example, when you grow up, you're more like, as a female, you're more likely to be taught how, how to cook and clean when the boys are not. So then when they are older, because they haven't been really taught when they were young, so the parents think, oh, maybe there's no point from putting so much pressure on getting them to try and do it because we haven't taught them how to. 
I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I'm making my point, but do you see what? No, you are. You are. Yeah. It's interesting because I would then be like, well, they have hands. So just because you didn't <laughs> learn when you were six doesn't mean you can't learn now. Mm. I love that your sister is also headstrong and she's yeah, like, she definitely yeah. Mostly because she doesn't like to create. <laughs> Why do I have to do it? You need more of that. Yes, because it's like, yeah. it's enough. Mm. I used to feel like I wasn't, I wasn't being a good Nigerian girl if I didn't know how to cook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if I and, I and I and I only realized this recently. Like there used to be this whole like, oh, this is the way things are done over there. So I don't mm-hmm. want to lose that part of my culture. So I want to make sure I'm fulfilling exactly. But then to go over to Nigeria, or to sometimes talk to people who like grew up in Nigeria, and they're like, no, nah, I don't do that, or no, I don't, I don't. I told my parents I'm not gonna do it, and I was like, wait, I could have talked about this whole time, and it wouldn't exactly. It's like, exactly. It's it almost feels like you know when you have sort of like immigrant parents. It's like they carry over the ideas that they had when they grew up, but then obviously because they've not been in Nigeria, been from their country of origin, it's like it didn't update. They just sort of stayed with the ideas they brought over and then put it onto you. And then when you speak to people back in Nigeria, they're like, oh no, they don't do this anymore. They don't do that. So you always you almost sort of have this idea that people back home or people in Nigeria, wherever you're from do things a certain way or act a certain way so you you see them in a sort of box until you actually talk to one and you're like wow you're very similar to me I mean obviously there are ways that we're different but it's like you're a lot more like me than I thought you'd be because I've almost grown up with this sort of idea of oh people from home are like this or they do things a certain way they're very traditional so it's like oh this is just things my parents have brought over but they haven't updated because maybe because of their age and how they were brought up who's to say that our generation back in Nigeria is quite similar to us, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that I, that is so interesting is the idea of going back as well, because I haven't been back in 10 years now. Yeah. When was the last time you went back? I haven't been back, which sounds so bad. I get so embarrassed really? every time I say this. Yeah. Oh, embarrassed really I was so bad because like I said when people talk to me they just assume I was born here they're like Mm. oh were you born in London and then I'll be like no I was actually born in Lagos Nigeria and they'll be like oh so have you been back since and I'm like no (laughs) and it's so embarrassing because I feel like almost feel like in a way it's like um not betraying my homeland but it's like I'm betraying my homeland but not going back often (laughs) And I'm like, no, I, I acknowledge my Nigerian heritage, I promise. I just haven't been back. And every time I've wanted to go back, the plans have just fallen through. But then it part of me is like, babe, I'm not trying hard enough. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, like, do you get what I mean? Like, plan a, gr- a group trip to Nigeria. Maybe For real, can we? Yeah. I've actually been talking to people who are like, I want to go back. And yeah. I've just I've just been like, yeah, I want to grow up. Somebody even told me about this thing called Detti December, which is like Afro Nation in Nigeria, mm. which is like a whole like Christmas kind of like mm. party. And mm. then I was thinking, and I was like, I want to go with people my age so I can do things yeah, that I want to do. Drag around my parents or my aunties and uncles. Exactly. Like, yeah, we need to plan a trip. We're going to plan a trip. Oh my God, yes. A hundred percent. I think it's like, it's different when yeah, you're you an age than when you go with like adults and stuff. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Especially like, mm-hmm. I guess from, especially like if you, from, for basically for me, my parents are pastors. So like when my dad goes to Nigeria a lot, he goes more for like missionary work or like for church work. So it's like, oh, I don't really want to go if it's for church. I want to go for like a holiday. I don't want to be like, you know, hopping from church to church and then occasionally seeing like family in between. I want to do more and like experience Nigeria as like, you know, something modern and something that I've not seen obviously for since I was a baby so definitely I think we should definitely plan like a group trip or something I think it'd be cool let's do it let's do it but do you ever get that when your siblings just sort of come into your room like for me they just come in and I'm like excuse you I have my space you have your space why are you always in my space like, for example, my sister's room is right next door to mine, and she just draws in here whenever she wants to. She would just troll in, and I'm like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I think- so, my brother does the same thing. Mm. Is your sister like a 
does she does she really like being around people is she like a people um person? it depends i think she just likes being around me <laughs> oh, <that's cool>. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know she just like comes into my room all the time she just I don't know, I guess in, in a sense, it's like living next to your best friend who would just sort of come into your room whenever they want to. Because in her head, it's That's like, so space, space, but it's annoying at the same time. Because <laughs> in her in her mind, it's like, oh, your space is my space. There is no your space or my space. It's all one space that we're all going to be in together. Um, so I would literally have to like fight her to just get out of my room. <laughs> Gosh, my brother is the same. And I think mm-hmm. it's because very much kind of like a, he likes being around people and he's kind of he seems oh. extroverted or actually no you may not giving him too much credit i feel like he just likes to annoy me when he <laughs> knows coming into my room he like opens the door he's like hello blessing and then i'm like oh bless him uh, so cute no it's not cute he's 20. <laughs> this is not a child this is a 20 year old it's not cute <laughs> but you know what there's some things about like sibling relationships that just never change I mean, mm. obviously, like it evolves and it matures as you grow old, but some things just never change. Mm. It's cute. Mm. Yeah, sure, it's it's cute. <laughs> it's gonna, he's gonna be twenty one in a few days. Like, wow, no. goodness, happy anniversary! <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him. That you said that. <laughs> uh, oh, I wanted to actually ask you, mm. what is it like being at home right now? Because obviously. Mm. you're 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 working out kind of basically in the healthcare field yeah you're also like coming home Mm. and how is that because obviously you're seeing a lot of things of what's going on yeah that's true i don't know it's just taking extra precautions or just being very careful about the way i do things making sure i'm washing my hands wearing face masks and i'm just being very aware i think that's the only thing you can do to be honest and then in a sense, I feel like I've become, it sounds terrible, but I feel like I've become more desensitized to it in the sense that it doesn't make me as anxious as much because I've just, like, I've just continued working through the whole pandemic. So I'm not as anxious to go on the underground or I'm not as, as anxious to go into work because I've been just, I've just been doing it. So I think the only time I, I get a bit like, okay, I think I'm not anxious, I'm just very aware. So when someone comes into the train, without like a face mask on or like I feel like one carriage is more full than the other then I just move myself basically so it's just like okay just be aware of your surroundings and be aware of how you're washing your hands and I think for me I'm just I'm just more careful because I have family members of like special needs so that I don't want to bring like oh put them into risk even though I my immune system might not be at risk I have people around me who's immune system are more at risk or if they were to get sick it could affect them a lot more than it would affect me so I just have to be very careful basically but yeah I think I just have to be very aware and I try not to think too much into it because I think Mm. once you start I mean it's good to know and have information so that you know you're doing the right thing but I think with me it's like if I think too much into it then I get like you know anxious but to be fair me and my family we sort of keep tabs on each other in a sense so when we come home or like everyone's like oh have you washed your hands have you put your stuff in the laundry have you changed your face mask or whatever all that kind of stuff so we keep tabs on each other because sometimes I think one thing with being desensitized is that I almost sort of maybe slip up sometimes because I just sort of forget and then my sister like oh you forgot to wash your hands go to the toilet and wash your hands or whatever after you've come in from like work or something so now it's like we just got this trail from the door straight to the bathroom. <laughs> you just get much to the bathroom to go wash your hands. And literally, like, hand sanitize and all that kind of stuff. Everyone sneezing into tissues, wash your hands. You sneeze mm. into your elbow, wash your hands. Don't cough at the table. <laughs> so that kind of stuff. Literally, like, even the dining table, my mom's, like, put, like, mats on top of it because she doesn't want no one, like, touching the surface. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It is. I'm. <laughs> I can just imagine like mm. your brother walking in and someone putting a hand on his shoulder and just like marching him into the. Literally, toilet. that is how it is. Like if anyone comes, yeah. we just sort. Of, we even forget to say bless you. We just sort of look at them. We <laughs> <laughs> have time to be polite. We have no <laughs> time. <laughs> Go wash your hands, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that's really all you can do, and just be mm. careful, really. Mm. Yeah. Especially because everything's kind of 
I hate saying going back to normal, but things mm, are basically exactly. kind of drifting back into what they were before. Yeah. So because I also, and I even was talking to someone at work about this. Mm. I, I want to be safe. Mm. I also want to enjoy a few things I can before we probably have another lockdown. Mm. So me yeah. seeing people or like hanging out with the few people I can in the park or something. Yeah. It, it's kind of coupled with the whole underlying thing that, okay, when I get home, I have to strip and exactly and like be extra cautious there's all these extra layers which yeah. give me peace of mind but also mm-hmm. in the back of my mind it's still like what if i'm asymptomatic exactly oh and then my mind is going with a big circle and like, okay i can't worry yeah. about all of this i just exactly. have to do what i can do exactly and because i think one thing that bothered me oh i don't know if the weather's bothered but one thing that bothered me this time was because obviously i have hay fever so I remember there was some point when I thought I had the virus because I was like coughing and sneezing. So I was, I just felt so self-aware as well because if you sneeze on the bus, like everyone like turns around and looks at you. But even that oh, like, yeah. face mask on and I'm like literally sneezing right into my elbow. I just feel so self-conscious because I, I can't help sneezing because of the pollen levels. But then it's like, oh, I don't want to come across like I'm trying to infect everybody. And then I also start thinking, okay, what if I'm symptomatic and then I'm sneezing and then I don't have any symptoms except for this hay fever thing. But what if I'm passing the virus to everybody else and all that kind of stuff? So, like, I remember, like, worrying about that. And then luckily where I was working, they were able to give them the test and they came back negative. So I was like, okay, I'm just worrying for nothing. So best to just take my precautions, wash my hands and not stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much can do I, I that's what you can do i remember you say talking about getting the test yeah and the group that were all like okay hope you're okay Marilyn. <laughs> yeah i remember that <laughs> it's so cute what was it like was it the one where they put the swab through your nose yeah so the one i had was the swab to the back of the throat and then to the front mm-hmm. of the nose yeah mm-hmm. it wasn't as it bad. no it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be Maybe, then again, maybe it's because I got desensitized to it because that's what at the time I was doing to other people with where I was working. So maybe when it was done to me, I'm like, okay, I know what to expect in a sense. And it wasn't as bad. I just held my breath, basically. If you hold your breath, you don't. I'm thinking about all the tricks that people used to say about like, like, you clench your fist so that you don't gag. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that what I need to do if I ever get the coronavirus sort of test? Just clench my fist so I don't gag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All these things. Are uh, <laughs> I mean, the things the things we got to do to stay safe. Exactly, true. I think it's just basically just know as much as you can and do as best as you can, really. Mm. Oh, nice. Wise words by Marilyn. I should make that, like, that should be like a little PSA. I put it at the beginning of the episode, like, Marilyn's wise words for staying safe during COVID-19. <laughs> oh. What about your what about your siblings? Because you they obviously they're still in school, but they've yeah. been home these past few months. How's it been for them? Do you think? I'm guessing because you might not know exactly because you are not your sibling. I'm not sure, but I think they've been pretty much okay. I mean, when my brother and my sister have gone to like college, they just make sure they have the face mask on. They're like stocked up on like hand sanitizers and tissues and their bags. They come home, they wash their hands, all that kind of stuff. Like with my brother now, he goes out for like walks occasionally. So he he has his gloves on, he has his face mask on, he's got hand sanitizers in his bag. And with my little brother, who's like finished with primary school now, like it was okay. Like he went to school for like a week or two and it was not that bad. I mean, he was coming back early and then when he comes home, he washes his clothes and washes his hands, puts like clothes in the laundry every couple of days. So I don't know, I think it was okay. It was I think luckily we've not been affected as much as much, luckily, somehow. Mm. <laughs> How but somehow. Yeah. What about church? Because I know mm. your dad, like you mentioned your dad's a pastor and yeah. met your parents. So have your parents been doing like online services yeah. or what have Yeah. So we've been doing virtual services. So like every Sunday we have like a Zoom sort of call in 
sort of service, which has been interesting to say the least, because praise and worship has been like interesting. <laughs> it's all interesting doing worship <laughs> over Zoom. It's just so weird. But, you just get like a bunch of people lagging behind each literally, other. Literally. Like, oh, we had to. Um, we ended up doing. Yeah. It's really weird because now what we've ended up doing is like muting people. <laughs> it sounds bad, but we'd had to like mute people. And then like if the main person is singing, we just let their voice come out and then everybody else is muted. Because what was happening at the beginning was that everybody was singing at the same time and then it was lagging and it was just, it just sounded so weird. So sometimes like we'd have someone singing or we're playing music from YouTube and that's how we've been doing it. So that's been interesting. But I feel like it's just become the norm now. When I think of Sunday, I just think, oh, wake up, go to the Zoom meeting. It's like, it's going to feel so weird going back to church, which we haven't mm. been able to do yet. But it's going to be so weird to like do that. But I do miss mm. seeing people because one of our members had a baby during the pandemic. And she's been mm. sending like pictures and videos. But the baby's going to be like two months old soon. And I've not seen her yet. But like, I miss that part. Because she was pregnant, obviously, before we left, and we're all looking forward to like her giving birth. Yeah, and she has. We can't see the baby, obviously, so it's just like, oh, at least I'm looking forward to that. But mm. you know, do you ever like think of children born in this time or like toddlers in the pandemic? Do you ever feel like they're gonna grow up with some sort of social anxiety because you know they've been sort of kept from other people, and then once everything. I always feel like, is it going to have some sort of effect? Yeah, because this is like a big, this is like going to be like a big part of their childhood or their yeah, memory. Yeah. I saw a little boy and he must have been like three or four walking with his mom wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I could be masked. But then also in my head, I was like, oh, this little kid is wearing a mask. This is yeah. going to be like, it's just going to be a part of his his growing up. Exactly. And then all these, like I remember talking to someone about how um, their their nephew hasn't been able to socialize with children, and because they've had their nephew has like some developmental issues, mm. it was really difficult to go into nursery and socialize with kids. Mm. But now that they haven't, it's kind of like they feel like their nephew's kind of missing out on that, and they're feeling a bit of like, yeah, they're, they're worrying that he's maybe not doing as well anymore. Yeah, thing, and it's it's just it's hard to think about because you have a lot of kids who are growing up, and this is like a a very key part of their exactly process like and i also feel bad for teenagers as well because i remember when like we like we have a friend whose sister was meant to go to prom and then prom obviously got cancelled and that also made me think about like all the proms and like how i used to be so excited about prom yeah exactly like graduation like none of them are happening because and these like to like me growing up I was like oh my gosh prom oh my gosh leavers oh my gosh all of this <laughs> exactly. and it's not it's not a thing for some people it's exactly. not going to be a thing I know it's like a whole generation is just sort of sort of I don't know glitched in a way <laughs> in a sense yeah like, can they start again or can they redo the year or something like that yeah can they press can they press refresh on 2020 yeah I actually don't know if I want to do that though to do what I don't think I want to press refresh on this year. Like, well, I think some things that happened needed to happen in a sense. Mm. Like the whole Black Lives Matter in a sense. That, I think that mm. definitely was a thing that needed to happen. Mm, so I maybe the, I don't know. But yeah, I think, I don't know if I'd press refresh because I feel like a lot of people have learned a lot from this year. It was hard, but I feel like we've had some sort of like global personal development or something. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh. Only hope. Oh my gosh. I hope so. I hope so. Oh my gosh. Because speaking like in terms of the protests and Black Lives Matter and mm. the movement, it's mm. been it's been like for me in my head, I was like, okay, I've seen a lot of just being black on the internet, yeah. You will occasionally run into a video mm. or something or like a petition about like oh another person has been killed by police officers it's mm. sad it's stupid but that's literally our reality yeah and i was like okay this has happened again mm-hmm. um time to feel sad and time to retweet and do what i can but then mm. it kept on getting like news like and people kept on talking about it and bring yeah. up in conversations i have never really had with certain people i've never really mm-hmm. like i've never really discussed with some people they, they started talking about it and i was like oh okay something's happening and in my head I was like 
is it because we are all inside that you cannot turn away and i think that's it for me mm -hmm. i feel like because we're all inside or most of us don't are not going into workplaces yeah you can't turn away from you this thing that has exactly. it's, it's like people have to pay attention yeah exactly so in a sense i think it was good in that way I mean, I know there was sometimes when it felt a bit like overwhelming and used to just, well, for me personally, because it sort of brings up like old memories or things that you have not thought about for years. And you're like, when you read it online, you're like, hold on, this happened to me or that happened to me like a couple of years ago or something yeah, similar. Yeah. I experienced that when I was a kid or whatever, but you've just sort of, just sort of like sort of accepted it as oh this is just what happens but now when people mm -hmm. talk about it, you're like actually no this shouldn't be happening or why is it happening because of my skin color because of my culture because of where i'm from mm -hmm. so yeah. it's just like it gets a bit like it's like you almost have to face it and it's like oh my god like a bit overwhelming sometimes and i remember i just had to like take a step back a little bit just to sort yeah. of like i don't know what the word is just to I don't know, collect myself. I don't know if that's the word. No, you have to. No, that is, no that's completely like, mm. you have to. Because mm. it's, it was just, it was constant. And I think I was I was happy it was constant. Yeah. But I also had to shut off for a weekend because I was mm. like, if I stay looking at my phone and reading stories, I'll like, I will just feel all these feelings and I'll just like, I just, I'm going to yell scream or like maybe yeah. go off on someone i don't need to go off on because yeah. i think for me it was a mix of things like i was angry mm. i was upset i was like looking like as a black woman i was like man mm. like, some people like just realizing that this is some of the shit exactly, black people get and then it was like a cycle of angry and upset yeah. and, and then the i was like, i didn't understand that you're like why do you understand <laughs> Do you ever, like, when you were, like, when you're posting something, you see someone post something, like, oh, lives matter, and I'm like, are you serious? Uh, oh, <laughs> get me angry. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm happy you're engaging, but it was just so oh, frustrating because sometimes I'd be like, I feel like, I, like, especially people that I know in real life, mm. I was like, I have, I have had instances or discussions with you where you kind of dismiss my yeah. uh, a thought or feeling i brought up or you've kind of like brushed past something i brought up yeah and then i was like oh but now you realize yeah. now that you've decided to clock on and now you've realized and yeah. i couldn't help i don't think it's i'm not trying to like negate the feeling of that because mm -hmm. i feel like it's good like we are within our right to feel upset if someone in the past has done something to hurt us yeah. and they've just come to terms of it we are that's within our right to feel upset mm. but i think sometimes i was like like wow like, wow <laughs> really wow you yeah. just Realize racism was a thing. Wow. Okay. No, cool. I completely understand cool. what you mean. I completely understand what you mean. I think at some point I had to start thinking to myself, um, it's good. <laughs> I was at the time myself, okay, it's a good thing that they're starting to realize, or it's a good thing they're starting to become more like woke or something. But it's like it was annoying at first because I'm like, how did you not see this before? How would you have right. so passing before and like not just got it? And now because it sort of seems to be like a trend, now you understand. But in a sense, I'm like, okay, good that they understand. I just hope that they continue to change their behavior and don't, don't like do it because it's a trend or because it's popular on Instagram or wherever. But actually yeah. change your behaviors kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like we, we also like, we like, I feel like when I say we, I say like black as friends, as mm. black women. Like mm. if we are ever in a situation where we feel like, this person isn't getting why this is wrong or if we are ever together and i think this to like i think it's in regards to like a lot of my black friends if we're ever in a situation where it's like that wasn't right i remember i always have instances where we give each other a look mm. and it'd be like yeah we both understand why that's not right but yeah. we're, gonna we're gonna move past it because we don't want to make the situation exactly no, no more of that we're gonna yeah. we're gonna say it because it's exactly. not we don't need to be feeling awkward. We need to be exactly awkward. right. We are not the ones being racist to ourselves. Exactly. So, like what, I, what I'm saying, what I'm championed is us mm -hmm. as black people. Anytime somebody says even the smallest microaggression as a collective, let's mm -hmm. say actually no, that's incorrect. We don't need to be given any more like low key looks anymore because yeah. no, you, you need to do that's better. So true, especially like in a working environment. Like yeah. in a working environment, it's because you want to be professional. You don't want to sound like you're angry or you're like I don't know sensitive so you just sort of let a lot of things slide like I mm. think I used to do that before I used to just let things slide I'm like okay I don't want to be professional I want to be the bigger person but I think I've come to learn that 
if you don't set up like certain sort of boundaries or if you don't say some things back, people would just keep, they just keep taking the mickey because in their head it's like sometimes they don't even realize what they're doing is wrong. They might be doing it out of habit. So when you don't correct them, and I'm not saying start a fight at work, <laughs> but I'm just saying if some if someone was to say something like with some like you said microaggressions, do even if it's like a petty joke back, like say something just so they're mm. sort of aware, you know. And I've come yeah. to learn that like a lot at work, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes I think about uni and I have a few flashbacks to like certain people or certain scenarios and I'm mm. like man I wish Blessing now could sometimes go back and defend Blessing back then well same yes I, I would I would be a buy I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh there's one person and I know like there's one person we both know this person and we yeah. both don't like this person for other reasons mm. but this person was like Oh, sometimes I say nigger. I hope you're okay with that. Oh my and me God. back then, I was like, huh? And then I kind of was like, um, well, I mean, you're not doing it to offend me. So I guess because you're just singing it. I mean, yeah. I guess. And, you know, you're just saying you're not trying to call, say something yeah. about me. Exactly. I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I just do the whole like, um, and ah. Uh, and even in my head, I was like, I knew this isn't this isn't okay, and I want to say something, but I felt like I was the only one. Yeah, and I felt like if I did something, it would be like, oh, I am making a fuss. Or something. Exactly, you make it, it feels like you're being sensitive, or because you should just be like, oh, I know they're joking, like it's fine. But then, why do you feel the need to joke about something like this or say something like that? Like, what do you exactly. gain from that? And can you not see how problematic it is? Also, like mm-hmm. I'm thinking, even with the like with the N word, like what do you think of like? ethnic people saying it including people of color and black people i think that's only a word black people can say mm. and i think and to be honest that all comes from like i, f- I feel like I've, I've said i've read so many things or listened to so many things i explain yeah. it better than i might explain it but basically it's the whole thing about like that word was used against us yeah and it's only and if only if it's used against you can you reclaim it. Yeah. So if you are someone who is non-black, you can't reclaim nigger because nigger was not a word that was used to demoralize, yeah. mm. dehumanize your people. Mm. So like there are a lot of words that people have reclaimed in different cultures yeah. that other people are okay with not saying. But when it comes to nigger, because it's using like popular culture and music, mm. they're like, oh, it should be fine. So like there's women have reclaimed bitch mm. and a lot of people have reclaimed yeah. the f word and like a lot of people have reclaimed other words that have originally been slurs to them yeah and we we're okay with not saying those but mm-hmm. the thing is but the minute black people want to be like oh we want to reclaim this and we want to say this mm. it's then a problem yeah i get exactly what you mean to be honest yeah completely agree like i find it like yeah. i don't know i just find it so uncomfortable when i hear people say it in words um, yeah. and like songs and I'm just, you know like when the line is coming up and then you know oh my and, gosh <laughs> you, you know you the end where you're just looking like who's actually going to say yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have both been yeah. you remember when you were at uni yeah exactly you just I feel like we in the room like, you really didn't say this word when Paris, yeah when Paris like niggas mm. in Paris Kanye West and Jay-Z was coming on mm. and I just remember like every time that song was playing I was like ah. Oh. <laughs> And you feel like do you know another thing that like tends to annoy me is when people t- tend to like put on this sort of personality or act in the way they think black people act or they yeah like I don't know, like they put on like so, some sort of like I don't know what the word is. Is it like sass? I don't know. <laughs> they're, trying, they're trying to be like sassy. Yeah. I also like that word because people always attribute that word to black women and i'm like we're not sassy we're just we're just expressing ourselves and then it's like when they put that word in you it's like you feel like oh okay maybe i should turn it down or maybe i should be like exactly yeah i completely get you oh wait what were you saying i feel like you were saying something as well oh i'm not sure I think I was just saying, like, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> mm. One, uh, I feel like we could do a dive into uni and experiences in uni. Yeah. Yeah, that's I feel like 
Mm. I think, but I think sometimes I, sometimes I would, I feel like sometimes we wouldn't have these conversations mm. really because I think I always felt like maybe Marilyn isn't feeling the same way I'm feeling. So yeah, it's just no, I do get it. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand. It's like, I don't know if you remember me saying this to you, but it's like sometimes when you're like within your own community, you don't know if you sometimes connect in the same way. So you're like, oh, you don't know if my opinion is the same as theirs. Mm. Like, oh, if we think the same way or if they think I'm odd in a way or maybe because I'm not stereotypically black or acting a stereotypically black way, I don't know mm. if we would have the same opinion. So you just tend not to talk about it in a sense. Do you get that? Get that. Yeah. Yeah. I True. But it's so weird because we would we would like connect on Nigerian things mm. and other things. Yeah. Sometimes when it came to like talking about like racism or race, yeah, I feel like we we never we never really had those discussions when we were That's, together. Yeah, I completely and, agree. And I kind of wish we did. And I don't know if it was like if we just both didn't feel like oh we wanted to bring mm. it up, or, mm. you know, how to bring it up to each other. But yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. And do you think maybe it has to do with the where we were at university? Because with, Can- with Canterbury, it tends to be mm-hmm. like a generally white population. And the, the most diversity you get is only from the university or from the university students. So, like, I remember yeah. when I first came and I was just like, wow, this place is very, like, white. Like, where are the other people of colour? Like, yeah. And then oh you mention, like, a black person on the bus or someone, like, ethnic, you almost sort of give them, like, this sort of like subtle like acknowledgement look like yeah Yeah. I see see. (laughs) exactly it was just so weird I'm just like and I think because obviously growing up in London where there's so much diversity and then you go to somewhere where there isn't that much diversity it's almost I wouldn't say a culture shock but it's like a you're almost almost sort of taken aback a little bit and you almost feel like you like I know I felt kind of self-conscious at times especially like bringing it to hair for example like oh gosh like exactly like if I had my natural hair around like oh like I look very like in quotes like very black kind of thing compared Mm. to people around me all that kind of stuff and it's like oh they might not understand or like I would have to explain things to them and then it's just like they might still not understand (laughs) do you hear what I mean oh it's like an extra an extra like course it's like mm-hmm. being a black person in a space is like not only are you just in this space but mm-hmm. you also at some point you might have to educate someone about something exactly. you might have to, like protect yourself against some kind of racism or you might have to teach yeah. someone it's like it's we have all these extra tiny little hats we're expected to be put, put on and if we mm-hmm. decide not to put it on sometimes it's an issue or sometimes we're rude or sometimes exactly. or maybe we have failed the culture yeah it's like all these things but yeah you know what i remember about you like when i first one of the few one of the first times i met you mm. i was like because you wore twist outs like i think yeah. one of the first times I met you, and i was like my hair can do this <laughs> and i was like yo and i was so happy because yeah you were one of the few black people i met at uni yeah and i was also like oh my gosh this yeah my I get what you mean term or whatever yeah I remember this like, I remember having like I, I loved having someone else so close to me who had natural hair because then it's yeah. late to you I could ask you things like girl how did you do that if your hair like what lotions or conditions are you using I think it, it definitely helped when you have like a really close friend who's also natural definitely mm. Definitely. I remember when we were both like, I think I in second year I started playing around with like my natural Mm -hmm. hair more, like Mm -hmm. doing twist outs and braid outs and things like that. And you were always so encouraging. And I was like really onto on natural hair YouTube Mm -hmm. and looking at YouTube blogs. Yeah. And I would always ask about different tips and stuff like that. And it was just so nice to have someone to chat about all these things with. And it's not like oh my gosh, this is an attraction. It was just our hair, this thing, and we're having this thing that we're just learning about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Remember, it's like ugh, when I became natural, it was just a lot of trial and error. And because at the time, when I was when I first became natural, I didn't know about like hair texture and the different types of natural hair. So at the time, it was like curly hair was the most popular natural hair on YouTube. So then you'd watch, oh, I would watch these videos of like girls with like curly hair, and you know when they do wash and goes, I expect my hair to do the same thing. So I remember this one time I was watching this YouTube tutorial. 
love a girl with more curly hair well my hair is like type 4 like coarse hair so I went out and bought all these products expecting my hair to come out doing a wash and go and I just remember being so disappointed when I oh put hair I put the like a uh, gel and everything and it just it just didn't look the same and I was just like at that point I was like what is wrong with my hair like is it is it broken do I need to cut it off and start again <laughs> like oh no so much fun oh my god girl I have so many like horror stories from my hair like because it was just a lot of trial and error because it was sort of you just learn as you go and some of the mistakes were like setbacks especially if like my I feel like with my type of hair if I make a big mistake it's um it's a setback I'd have to like either trim it or like let it start regrowing again I remember this time I, I remember one time when I did like a conditioning treatment that I saw online but I bought the wrong type of conditioner for my hair and it just locked my hair so I remember like I was so proud of myself I'm like oh I'm doing this like natural hair routine like it's gonna come out like you know amazing my hair's gonna be soft and wonderful and then I got to the bathroom I'm like undoing the twist and I'm realizing that some of the twists aren't undoing themselves <laughs> they're actually clumps of hair and I'm just like I remember being in shock. I just remember looking at the mirror like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> what oh. I was I was like crying. I was like, I've ruined my hair. Like I have like some bits are natural, some bits are locked. So I spent like goods like six hours or more literally just unlocking my hair and I lost so much hair. My hair was so, I was so sad. I, I, at that point I'd considered, I think at that point I was like, <clears throat> over like two or three years natural and I was considering cutting it off and starting again because I was just like oh my god what have I done like I've just ruined everything and you just almost feel like giving up you're like why am I even trying maybe I should just relax it <laughs> do you get me oh god oh. that three of me crack is it's evil it's and evil. I like no shade to whoever relaxes your hair yeah, like exactly true true Thing that works for you everyone's hair journey is their mm -hmm. own but i hated relaxer and i only did it for like mm -hmm. a year and a half yeah and i got to pick form and i was like you know what? i want to try you know having sleek hair i want to do something yeah different. yeah and before that i don't even had like ex my head always been natural most of my life like i tried mm -hmm. texturizing one time and i was like it ain't for me mm -hmm. and then i got the six form i'm like okay let me try relaxing because i want to have sleek hair one thing they don't tell you is mm -hmm. like after you put the relaxer in, your hair isn't like flowing like one of those white women. No, it doesn't. I like, expect it to be never done. It's like stiff. <laughs> and then your scalp, like because they tell you, oh, you need to leave it on for it to yeah. for it to You end up damaging your scalp because, like, Definitely. I used to get because the pr product is so bad for us. Mm. Like I used to get these blisters on my scalp, and Thank then I'd be like scratching, and like scabs would come. Yeah. Up. Oh my god. And I was like. I remember thinking to myself at some point, like I did it, it was a year and a half and it, it, over that year and a half, mm. I think I relaxed three times because you top it up mm. like every few months. And I was like, yeah. this time, this isn't okay. Like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be putting something in my body that is harming me. Exactly. And so then I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. And I just grew it out. Yeah. I remember as well, it was the same with me. Like, I think, when did I relax my, I can't remember how old I was. I think the first time I relaxed my hair, I was around 16. And the very first time I did that, I was like, you know, you felt so pretty, like, oh, my hair is like, you know, straight and I just feel so like girly and pretty. And then I did that a couple more times and my hair was like thinning out, like it was changing colours in some spots. It was really thin. It was really brittle. And I just remember back then, I didn't know, like, I didn't really understand natural hair as much. But all I knew is that I wanted to stop relaxing my hair. Like, I, I didn't like consciously, you know, when you think natural hair, Jen, I didn't consciously make the decision to stop my natural hair journey I just wanted to cut my hair because I was just like it's too brittle I just want to get it off and start again but then that's when I then got into the world of it and then like YouTube helped and all of that but I just remember like what my hair looked like I was just like what is this what is this on my hair it just didn't feel like me and I just remember thinking to myself mm. oh I wish I never relaxed my hair because I feel like if I'd not relaxed it would be much Same. better than it was now like and that's why I tell my sister, in a sense, my sister and maybe other girls in her generation are a bit more lucky because I tell her, don't relax your hair. Like, I've taught her how to look after her natural hair and what to do. And she's now learning on her own as well. And she knows, like, she, this weekend, actually, she put, like, she did a full braid of hair by herself. So she's now learned how to look after her. And I'm like, in a sense, she's very lucky because, in my sense, I had to do trial and error while she, in a sense, because I've gone through that already. I can tell her what to do, what to look out for, what mistakes not to make. 
And I'm like, oh, I wish I had someone like that. And I would have dodged a lot of like, you know, bullets that I got hit by. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's yeah. been a long journey, but I think it's, I appreciate where I am. It definitely gives you like a sense of like self appreciation for yourself and just being accepting of who you are as a person because you're like, okay, fine. My hair is different and it's mm. like the most different because it's type 4C because you have black girls with curly hair, but mine's like, the most different one, do you get me? The maybe the most that you'd have to put the most effort into. So I'm like, yeah. if I can accept that about myself, I can accept anything and I can do anything. Do you get me? It gives you like some sort of oh, self. Yeah. When you find when you find like your love for your hair, it's beautiful because exactly. everything in media and society has always taught us like this isn't this is something that needs to be controlled or we exactly. need to put it we need to tie it down or we need to find a way to like tame it. Exactly. But now we're getting to this place where it's like we need to we should embrace it. Like this is the thing that grows out of my head. Why do I need to straighten it? Why why is it seeming unprofessional when it does yeah. its own thing? Mm. Why can't I just do allow it to do it and why can't I learn to just do it as it is like for so long we were just what we saw whenever we saw black women in media mm. the hair that they showed us was like a wig yeah relaxed, but they've curled it to make it look like greasy look and I've been looking at that black woman's hair like that isn't your hair like I don't know your natural hair Jenny but this is exactly I completely agree with you honestly because you have this like on the beauty box I remember like um I don't know if you ever remember the relaxer box as a kid and there was the girl with the oh, really blonde hair and you just wanted to be her so bad because yeah. she's so pretty with like her she was like like oh. olive skin like blonde hair and I just remember looking at her on the box yeah. I remember this when I was at the hairdressers and just wishing I looked like her but it's like no whenever I did mm. my relaxer it never came out looking like hers like ever <laughs> never ever so it just almost makes you feel like you're falling never. short of something like as a child you just feel right. like why am i not good enough why am i falling short of this like why am i why was i born to be like this like why if i don't deserve it almost when you shouldn't think like that at all like you should like oh god if i could go back and advise my younger self i would <laughs> honestly there's nothing honestly, like, it's, and it's so harmful exactly so harmful so harmful when you grow up with these ideas or like even like in mm. all black shows you watch it and then it's like the main character is always fair-skinned or like sort of mixed race or like has curly hair yeah. and the side characters or the comic characters or the best friend characters are always the dark skin or the villains are always the dark-skinned ones and i'm like i always remember watching it like why is it the dark-skinned ones or how is has to be the villain why can't they be the you know the main character right mm -hmm. so i think oh, i i look at that as well when i'm watching tv now mm. like i actively i try and actively watch shows that have black characters but not just black characters that are like side characters mm. and they're fully fledged characters exactly. and then it's when you when you're actively trying to do that you realize how hard it actually is because if they've not decided to make it like a quote-unquote black show, mm -hmm. it just doesn't exist. Exactly. Or they're just not really trying hard to do anything outside of comedy. And then, exactly. or you get like the really sad things where you're like, oh, I just want to laugh, but there's not a lot of like light-hearted black shows or light-hearted shows. Exactly, they tend to show the like we, we, struggles, which... Right, because apparently all we do is struggle. We don't laugh. Exactly. Like, yeah. like I remember my mom making this comment. She's always she said to me once, "Well, it's not fair. Like, why is it whenever there's a show about black people, it's always about slavery or like the hood or like poverty?" But she's like, "There are black people who are well off and happy. Like, why don't we not have films about them?" And then do you remember when like Black Panther came out? Everyone was like, yeah. "The people who are happy and they're like, oh, finally a TV that shows black people in a positive light." And then there were people like, "Oh, why should we sell?" celebrate it or why does the whole cast need to be like very black like they didn't just understand why it was such a good thing because you get everything <laughs> oh my gosh I, I do that. why are the cast are like so black like why doing why does it need to be celebrated or oh, it wasn't that good all that kind of stuff and i'm like excuse you like you've had history of just like white people all the time so why can we not have something different or why can it not be celebrated for what it is honestly right. I, I want i want to get to a place where it's not revolutionary for it to be like an all-black cast or exactly. like all black writers room or an all-black production it's mm -hmm. just 
it's like a thing. Like yeah. I, I remember when Black Panther came out and I was I even wore like my Ankara trousers. And I, was, I was even a bit extra. I was in I wore Ankara trousers and I went with my friends. And then we would do, and like there was like two white people sitting in front of us, and the whole and the most of the cinema was black. And we were just enjoying it and loving it. I was like, exactly, exactly. Yes. Me and my friend looked at each other and we were like, is this how white people feel all the time? Like, is this how they feel all the time? Like, every character is white and that they relate to every character. Is this how they feel all the time? Like, damn. It's like normal for them. It's different for us. Oh, man. I can't wait for the day when it's just a norm for us. Like, do you get me? I can't wait for that. Hopefully soon enough. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. I think... I think one thing, like you mentioned about how a lot of the, whenever we see black women on screen, a lot of the times they're either mixed or they're fair skinned. Yeah. And I liked how in Black Panther, like they were actually like, we're not just going to do the whole, yeah, you're, you're black, you're, you're, you know, you're black. Yeah, yeah, you're black. Yeah. We'll put you we'll put like a mixed gun and, and like you're black. They got like mm-hmm. black women who like, exactly. who either had like, they were, because Lupita was born in Mexico, but I think she's from, oh, I can't remember what country she's from specifically. Mm. And I know, um, uh, you know, instead of me listing people, yeah, basically, <laughs> they got like black women. And I was like, yes, yeah. okay. Yes. And because if you go off of TV mm. and film, a lot of the times, all we see are like light skin or mixed or black women who, and like that's all of the representation exactly. of black. That is so and cool. I love, and I celebrate like all the black actresses. I love all the black actresses. Mm-hmm. But I really see like a teenage like you know how a lot of the teenage films or tv shows have like the three light-skinned black actresses right yeah. now so it's like Yara Shahidi um Zendaya and mm. Amanda Stenberg and I love their work they're all great but I would really love to just see like a regular day like exactly black girl just doing her thing exactly drama and it not being like she's going through pain or suffering it's exactly. just her literally life. And I don't know if you remember, there was a time when, I can't remember what show it was for, but I think Zendaya was casted to do, like, to play, like, someone in the biopic. But then the person that she was meant to play was actually a dark-skinned woman. So then she actually stepped down from the role. She was just like, we can give this to someone who actually has dark skin instead of me, like, a mixed-race woman, playing the role of a black, like, you know, black woman. So I think in that sense, I think Amanda did something similar yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it's because I think before they would have just someone would have just given her the role or given someone who was light skin a role and they would just take it and not really yeah. think oh somebody else could be better suited to play this in a sense. Yeah, it's that awareness as well, like yeah, knowing when something isn't necessarily for you to play or like mm-hmm. giving someone else the space who needs to be uplifted or who needs it. Like that's mm-hmm. why representation is is like like putting people of different tones and skin mm-hmm. colours and like experiences is so important because it's not only like it's not like you're filling a quota yeah it's like you are facing when people see themselves in spaces it doesn't necessarily mean like oh they don't believe that they can do these things or they don't believe like they themselves in these these films and tv shows or in these roles or whatever exists Mm -hmm. like it's that extra affirmation when a young person sees like someone who looks like them or who has their hair exactly maybe speak like them they're like oh yeah yeah, I guess I, I guess I could do this. Exactly, that's so true. You did like, and I grown up, that was not a thing. Definitely, you did not see a lot of representation. You had the blonde Barbie, and you just thought like, oh, I want to look like her when she's grown up. But you know, you're not going to, in a sense. Yeah. And in shows, you never really had that representation, except for like you know, like that's so Raven or like. Yeah, I was about to say that's why I love yeah. that's so Raven so much. Yeah, exactly, because it was seemed like the only one at the time. And yeah, and they actually spoke about quite a few like important topics, you know, which I thought was really good as well. Yeah, they did. I remember that racism episode like really clearly in my mind. Yeah, really, yeah. Chelsea was wearing that hat because race, Raven had a vision that mm-hmm. the store manager wasn't hiring her because she was black. Yeah, and then Chelsea to wear the hat with the video camera to record the store manager saying it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Same, I remember that. And it's stuff like that. Like, I think Disney Channel is like, maybe it's different. 
I definitely think Disney Channel now is different to what it was. I think because so. I think a lot of the shows now aren't tackling the same issues no, that they were tackling. Definitely when I was not. Younger. Definitely not. Yeah. I think they're like they try. Like I feel like now I get the feeling that they try not to step on toes in a sense. Because maybe back in the days we we're getting complaints, you know, or why are you making this topic here and that topic there? So now it's all very light-hearted and very like almost sort of shallow in a sense. It never hit yeah. topics ever. When I think Disney back in the day, they spoke about quite a few important things. Definitely. Yeah. As, mm-hmm. Some of them even got that. I don't remember if you remember Smart Guy, but I remember there was even like an episode in terms of like, like, like pedophilia, like how to be yeah. safe when mm-hmm. like you meet strangers. Yeah. They like, yeah. It was like kind of a dark episode. And I remember watching on YouTube, and I was like, whoa, Disney Channel really was exactly right. Yeah. But funny, as a kid, you sort of like, you watch it and you're like, oh, okay. And you sort of not think twice about it. But now looking back at some of these episodes as adults, you're like, whoa, okay, this is this was much more deeper than I thought it was. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I saw like this YouTube clip on YouTube recently and it was, you know, from The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And it mm. was an episode where, oh, I can't remember the names of the character, but there was the two girls the really rich one, and then the, like... Oh, um, London and... Um, the the girl that Ashley Tisdale plays. I can't remember her name. Yeah, Maddie. Maddie yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it, yeah. And there was an episode on, like, eating disorders and how, like, yes, London really wanted to be really skinny and then, like, Maddie was trying to put on weight and, like, the extremes that they were going to. Like, I, it's remember, like, I remember watching yeah. that episode and just thinking, oh, this is kind of funny. Why does she want to be so skinny or why does she want to do this? But then now as an adult, I'm going through life. I'm like, oh, okay. I see that this is kind of deep. Like, I see what they're doing. Like, and yeah. I see why they acted in those in the way that they acted. Do you get me? So yeah, no, definitely. It's so, yeah, I actually forgot about that. Because in my head, I just remembered the sweet life being a little bit lighter than yeah. the other shows. But they did touch on issues like that, too. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> discussed so much today it's been so much fun honestly thanks for inviting me thank you for coming on